Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome back to day three and my final day of our journey to the Web Summit held in Lisbon from the 13th to the 16th of November 2023. In today's episode, we will go deeper into some of the talks and discussions held at the summit. I will take you around the arena in Lisbon and explore the grounds of the summit so you get an idea of what actually happens there, apart from the main talks on center stage, as well as speak to some attendees to get their stories of why they are here and what their journey has been. As usual, we had some breakfast after the morning prayer we got ready, checked out from the hotel today, thanked reception for a wonderful stay and headed for the metro with all our luggage and reached the arena an hour later. For the second day in a row, we encountered some heavy fog around the venue, which was strange as it was sunny and blue skies when we left the hotel. Maybe it's uh, because it's located right next to the bay where the Tagus River empties into the Atlantic Ocean. Anyways, after the CEO of Web Summit, Catherine Moor, welcomed everyone to day two of this year's summit, the mayors of Lisbon, Carlos Modash and Rio de Janeiro, Eduardo Pais, took to the stage to speak about both cities as transatlantic tech hubs. The first question that was posed to both was about innovation and why it is so important to both cities and why they both aspire to become the innovation capitals of their respective countries. Carlos Modash started off by saying that it is through innovation, through the companies and startups that have come to Lisbon in the past years, that he was able to bring in the revenues that are so desperately needed to help the people of Lisbon who are in need, who have difficulties paying their rent and for other social welfare projects. So uh, thank you so much and a great pleasure to be again in this great stage and with my friend Eduardo, the, the, the mayor of Rio de Janeiro, the city that I love. And, uh, you know, I think that going to your point, innovation is about creating jobs. And so what you do as innovators is to create jobs. And in an economy that is a knowledge economy, in this economy of the future where you have the physical world and you have the digital world, that's the only way you can create jobs. Politicians don't create jobs. You create jobs. And so our job is to cherish you, is to really be your cheerleaders for you to come with new ideas that create new products that people love those products, they buy those products, and your companies grow. And I think that's what we did uh, in Lisbon over these two years, was exactly to be kind of the ambassadors of that innovation. Because whatever you say, I mean, you can say that you can, like, governments don't create jobs. I mean, you create jobs by creating companies. And so I think that if you, I, everybody knows I'm a very social welfare aware mayor. I want to help people that have 
very difficult times in this city, people that cannot pay their rents. And for doing that, or to do that, I need you, because you are the ones that bring the revenues to the town hall, so I can yes. use that money to really help the ones that uh, have difficult lives. So innovation is not about what people sometimes think, that innovation is like just doing something or creating something and these new companies. These new companies are the only way that you create jobs. In Lisbon, since the Unicorn Factory, there's 10,000 jobs. So that's a lot for this city. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Moving on, the host asked the mayor of Rio about the similarities as well as some of the differences between Rio and Lisbon. Uh, to go to Rio, but uh, I mean, I think uh, it's not about the differences between uh, uh, Rio and Lisbon, but uh, I mean, it's using Lisbon as an inspiration. Uh, when you look at Lisbon uh, before Web Summit, before 2016, before having a clear uh, target uh, to being uh, innovation uh, city, an important hub of innovation in Europe, uh, it changed completely. Uh, obviously, uh, Carlos has been doing an amazing job. I mean, he's very uh, connected to, to this environment. But uh, the challenge of Rio, what we do now, what we use Web Summit for, is uh, as an inspiration, we use Lisbon as an inspiration for the role we want to play in Latin America. I mean, Brazil is the biggest, most important country in, in, in Latin America. Uh, Rio uh, has a lot of connections uh, to innovation because of its amazing universities, research centers. I mean, the, the role that Rio plays in the Brazilian image uh, to, to foreign countries. So what, what we want to do is like, we have a saying, Brazil, I don't know if you guys say that in Portuguese, but eu quero ser você amanhã. I oh, want to be Lisbon very... tomorrow. Thank you. So, I mean, Thank you. I mean, I can bring some Thank things you. to Thank Lisbon you. too, but, you know, <laughs> In Portuguese language. Uh, Carlos, uh, what's next? What can Lisbon do more to uh, be uh, the tech hub uh, from the Europe? What's next for the next two years? So first, in the immediate future, on the 27th of November, uh, there's this big prize, which is kind of the Nobel Prize of Innovation for European cities, where we are on the top three. Uh, so there's three cities in Europe, and on the 27th of November, there will be the announcement of the European Commission about who's going to be for the next year the capital of innovation of Europe. And Lisbon is on the top three, so I need your good energy. I need the good energy of the Web Summit people uh, to get Lisbon to be the capital of innovation of Europe with a prize of 1 million euros, so we need that. So that's on, on the short term. But I think that, um, for me, it's very important that uh, innovators focus now on really creating a connection in between technology and the problems that we're living today and the really the threat that we live today in terms of the democracy. So technology has to focus on the problems of the day. So how do you going to solve the problems of everyone that cannot pay rent? How can you solve the problems that people that are vulnerable and have health problems that the social welfare state cannot anymore solve? And so for me, the next step for Lisbon would be to focus on that and 
can get technology to help on a very difficult moment where you have a lot of friction in society, where the extremes are creating that friction. And so technology has to be the value of moderation. And I know that if you go to the social networks, somehow technology is not that. So I think that we all together have to get back to that, like how technology can help on moderation, on uh, respecting different ideas without friction. And for me as mayor and as a politician, I think that I'm a techno-optimist, I'm an engineer, but I'm uh, worried about the fact that technology somehow can be breaking democracies uh, by inflating the extremes. And so I think that if you all help us uh, on having a technology that looks at these problems, I think that uh, something very, very important for our future. If we want to have a future, mm -hmm. we need technology to help politics somehow. And I hope that Lisbon can contribute for that. So it's all good and fine to have technology and innovation to bring in the revenue needed to sustain these massive cities. However, the mayor of Rio gave practical examples as well on how technology has helped them in Rio. He spoke about the Rio Operations Center, which operates 24-7, with the help of over 900 cameras installed throughout the city. Created in 2010, this center, with its 400 operators working around the clock in shifts, is responsible to overlook everything needed to run the city. One specific example that the mayor gave was in regards to mudslides that affect the city. So with the help of technology, they are able to warn people ahead of time that a mudslide in their area is a possibility based on the rainfall as well as on other factors. This way, people are able to evacuate quicker and ahead of time, which in return saves many, many lives, which is a good thing. And of course, they discussed the question of how to attract talent with offering housing opportunities, tax cuts, and facilitating the acquisition of licenses, etc. Carlos Moraes closed off by speaking about the role of Lisbon for his country in the coming years. I know that uh, a lot of you, and especially the engineering talents, uh, they come and they can be here or they can be somewhere else. And the fact that you are in Lisbon is because you feel at home in Lisbon. And I think that Eduardo and I, we have, and I'm very, I mean, happy that you're using us as an example. But I think that Rio is also an example for me because we are cities that are really open to diversity. And so what we do to talent is to tell talent that if they are in Lisbon, they feel at home. And for me, this is absolutely crucial for innovation. And today, there's not a lot of places in the world, unfortunately, where you are and you feel that you belong. Whatever is your religion, whatever is your way of thought, whatever you feel, whatever you are, you are what you want to be. And I think that the cities that will have that differentiator of openness, of diversity, they'll be the ones where the talent uh, wants to be. Because the talent today, they can be all over the world. They can choose. You know, when I tell the stories about these unicorns that come to Lisbon, I mean, why do they come to Lisbon? No one tells me that they come to Lisbon because it's cheaper or because uh, the weather. They come because they feel the city is openness, open to that diversity. And diversity is the mother of innovation. You know, if I get together with someone that is like me, it's fun, but I'm not going to invest 
invent or innovate because we think alike. But if I get together with someone that is totally different from me, then that's the spark that makes innovation a reality is then when you're really different. Sometimes it's tough because you're different from the other person mm. and you kind of find a little bit uncomfortable. But that's when you feel a little bit uncomfortable that you really find new things uh, for the world. And so if uh, Lisbon and cities like Rio have that ability to be the magnet for that. But I really tell everybody, you come to Lisbon, but then you have to contribute to our society. You have to help the more vulnerable. You cannot live just in a group of people with talent. You need also everyone. And so that's very important in my objectives, not to help everyone, to help the ones who come, but to help the people of Lisbon because they need help, like in Rio. I mean, these cities, we have a lot of people that cannot afford rent. Last question for two, uh, for Carlos and for Eduardo, less than one minute. Um, Carlos, uh, at the end of the month, we will have have the, the budget state approved uh, and uh, we need to be a country more and more competitive. I think so. So um, I have to ask you, what is missing? Uh, what is missing and uh, what kind of new leader needs Portugal to have a new era? <laughs> That's a very tricky Just question. No, look, I, I, I think that is important that um, really the country um, shows stability. And uh, I think Lisbon is that beacon of stability uh, in this country. We are 33% of the GDP of Portugal. We have a very open and diverse city. 20% of our population are foreign. Uh, and I love that. I love the fact that 20% of our population comes from all parts of the world. And uh, we have more than 20,000 Brazilians, a lot of them are from Rio, that they are Brazilians, they are Portuguese and they are Lisboetas. And, and I work for all of them with great pleasure. Uh, and I think that cities now, they are the beacon of stability. So uh, in Lisbon, you have a safe harbor. Uh, that's what I want uh, it to be. And that's what I'll fight as the mayor of Lisbon, which I love to be and it's a huge privilege. And just let me tell you, that's how we feel when we come here, so we feel home. Following this first talk of the day, we then followed our own tailor-made schedules. While Mujib and Zawar headed off to their talks and workshops, I went around the grounds and spoke to some attendees, captured what they had to say, and made my own personal notes for the purpose of this episode. Just before we headed to lunch, I then made my way to the media village where the new CEO of Web Summit, Catherine Marr, was going to give a press conference. As expected, most of the questions she was asked were centered around Patty Cosgrave's remarks about the Israel-Hamas conflict, something she mentioned in her opening remarks two days ago and something which had overshadowed the whole summit leading up to it and even while it was happening. It was the elephant in the room nobody seemed to want to talk about. Patty stepped down as the director of Web Summit's parent company on the 2nd of November 2023, just days after his remarks on the conflict. So, what exactly did he say? A week after the October 7th attacks, he tweeted, and I quote, I'm shocked at the rhetoric and actions of so many Western leaders and governments, with the exception in particular of Ireland's government, who for once are doing the right thing. War crimes are war crimes, even when committed by allies, and should be called out for what they are. End quote. 
Those of you who uphold the values of absolute justice and humanity won't see anything wrong in this statement. But this tweet and some others I have to add were enough for companies like Google, like Meta, Intel, Siemens, Amazon Web Services, Stripe, just to name the big ones, to pull out from the summit and for Patty to resign. Or dare I say, for Patty to be forced to resign due to the mounting pressure. Uh, sorry for keeping you waiting for a few minutes. Bit of a queue getting up the stairs. Um, I'm delighted to have you all here. Welcome to Web Summit. Uh, as you probably have heard, this has been a record event for us. We have uh, 70,236 attendees in presence this year. Uh, we actually have more people on site today than yesterday at this time. A major thanks to the PSP for making that happen. Uh, there were zero queues today getting into the event. Uh, we, of those attendees, about 43% of them are women, um, 153 countries are represented, 2,608 startups in our startup program, which is the highest number ever. Um, let's see what else would be of interest. 43% of our attendees are women, I said that, 38% of our speakers, uh, 321 partners are on our exhibition floor this year, and 85% hotel occupancy in the city of Lisbon. You may have also heard there's been massive demand for Night Summit. It has been a runaway success this year. The CEOs, startups, investors, media, policymakers, and creatives who are in attendance this year are taking place in 1,180. As I said, a heavy chunk of the questions asked to Catherine were about the ongoing conflict and Patty's remarks and involvement, if any, with Web Summit which started with the very first question asked by our friends at Bloomberg about Catherine's remarks at the opening night. Sure. So I actually spoke about freedom of expression, uh, which is a more universal right. Freedom of speech is a somewhat narrowly defined U.S.-based right. Um, look, Patty resigned because it was becoming a distraction for the success of the event. Um, and sorry, what was the second part of your question? To what extent he's still involved in Web Summit? Patty has stepped back from the board and from his CEO duties. He is not involved in the operations or the governance of Web Summit. So uh, you've said that everyone has the right to their opinions. I would like to ask you, uh, what's your view on the current conflict between Israel and Hamas? Thank you. I think the only respectful thing to say in a moment of such grief and suffering is to recognize that grief and suffering and pain that exists in so many communities around the world. A colleague from Reuters asked a question that I was thinking of in the morning after going through Patty's social media posts. Him being outspoken or controversial was nothing new. If you go to his page on X, formerly known as Twitter, you can see how his timeline is filled with him having a go at Irish politics. He didn't just limit his opinions to his social media presence, but occasionally it would spill onto the Web Summit stage as well. So why were his comments or outspokenness this time around looked at differently? Was he unfit to be the CEO back then as well? The answer given by the new CEO was, how should I put it, unexpected? Expected? You decide. I'm looking forward as CEO to my leadership of this company and this event, and that's where I'll leave it. Thank you. If you remember my conversation with Mihawil in the first episode, this is exactly what I told him. I quoted a verse from the Holy Quran that upholds the same values of justice Patty was referring to. Chapter 4, verse 136 states, O ye who believe, be strict in observing justice, 
and be witnesses for Allah, even though it be against yourselves or against parents and kindred. Whether he be rich or poor, Allah is more regardful of them both than you are. So it doesn't matter who it is, if they are rich or poor, related to you or not, ally or not, absolute justice is something that must be upheld. The double standards of certain governments and leaders in upholding the standards of justice, in upholding the standards of fairness, of human rights for all, is something that this conflict has now brought to the surface for everyone to see. It is not something that historians will have a free hand in defining and writing about as they please after the dust has settled, no. For the first time in history, we are in a position to see war crimes being committed in real time. We're able to witness the indiscriminate bombing and elimination of innocent children, women, men and civilians as they are happening. We're hearing eyewitnesses describing the eradication of their entire families while pictures of their loved ones flicker on our screens. The world is witness to these atrocities. What many human rights organizations such as Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International have clearly called war crimes. We're seeing and witnessing all of this with the help of technology. And we can't just simply unsee the gruesome pictures of children buried under the rubble, of grandfathers saying their goodbyes to the souls of their soul, of hospital directors giving press conferences surrounded by unalived people because the world does not seem to believe them, of doctors having to do surgery on their loved ones without any anesthesia. The list, unfortunately, goes on and on. The press conference continued and Majib finally got a hold of a mic as well. Hey Catherine, my name is Majib Mirza, I'm representing Voice of Islam Radio from London. Uh, just one quick question, are there any plans or future hopes to conduct this conference in Asian countries like China, India, Indonesia, Singapore? As I'm sure you know, we used to have RISE conference in Hong Kong and that was an event that Right, all accounts I never had the chance to attend it was very popular and um, very much appreciated within the region. I know that it is a priority of mine on a personal level to ensure that this sort of event is accessible to as many people from the global technology ecosystem as possible. So I don't have anything to say in terms of sort of immediate next steps around having a presence in Asia in the year ahead, but um, I would very much love to be able to, to have us make sure that this kind of event, this kind of access uh, to the technology ecosystem is available to those who are in um, particularly East Asia. I, I should note Doha is actually in Asia. So. As you heard from the initial remarks, there is much emphasis on startups and how the Web Summit can help them, connect them with the right people, give them a platform to showcase their brainchild and attract investors as well as give them the exposure they need to succeed. After lunch and the midday prayers, we all went our ways again. We had roughly three hours before we picked up our luggage and headed to the airport, and so I thought I'd give you a quick run-through of the grounds itself. Catherine mentioned during the press conference that this year they had expanded the floor by 5% to 215,000 square meters, which is the equivalent to 1,099 tennis courts. Don't worry, I'm not going to cover all of it, just the relevant bits, of course. So here it goes. 
So I want to take you with me on a little exploration tour about off the grounds itself. I mean, I, we haven't really spoken about how this whole thing is set up. So um, there's the main arena where the main center stage is, and then you have some um, outside sitting area. There's a screen outside. There's some food stalls, uh, places to sit. Well, we want to go through, so there's five main halls, and I want to take you through each and every single hall, maybe uh, speak or t let you know what is what is happening, what's there, what uh, you can expect in case anybody's planning on coming. So this is first hall, let's get inside. And on the right-hand side, as soon as you enter, you will see the Startup Portugal stall, basically. It's the main focus to attract investors, to attract companies, to attract startups, basically, and to encourage them to come here. You got a lot of media presence. You have the uh, AI developers, builders, builder AI. There's a huge stall there, and then you have, of course, the uh, big, big corporations. Different countries are represented here as well. KPMG. Um, Forsta, you have uh, the Sharjah Research Technology and Innovation Park here as well. You have a developer lounge, and on the left hand side, you have these little stand up booths. Basically, it's just two people can stand there, and there's a laptop or a screen in front of them, and have a conversation, find out more. Now, moving through, that was hall number one. And in between every single hall, there's like outdoor spaces to sit where I usually get to speak to people, find out more about what they do, where they're from, why they're here, how their last couple of days went, and what they took away. Now, moving into hall number two, this is a lot more spacious. You have the investor lounge. You have Spain represented here as well. Shell is here. Shell Energy. Looking into what resources we can use to fuel and power all of the things that we need to power. Al Jazeera with their booth here as well. And you have the state of Qatar represented here as well. Now, there's going to be a web summit in Doha in February, as was announced in the very beginning, and they've been pushing that throughout. And Germany is occupying a very large park here on the right-hand side, pushing for innovation, trying to get people to come to Germany to invest, to live, to work. And that was hall number two. So throughout the halls, everywhere, You'll find different speaker um, stages. You will have Q&A. You will have different activities as well, even. There's games here as well. So table tennis, foosball, just to keep the mind a bit fresh. As soon as you enter into hall number three, you see Brazil right there in the front. Big, huge part that they're occupying. Yellow and green. And as you can probably hear, there's a talk happening on the right-hand side. So there's different stages, as I said. 
setup where the crowds can just gather and everybody knows what's happening where because there's a there's an app where you can have the whole schedule but you can also make your own schedule Poland is also represented in West and Central Poland um, but yeah the Brazil corner is very very attractive nice and yellow and green lit up and they've used crates <laughs> you know those plastic crates where you store things or bottles that's what they basically used to build that entire setup and as you walk through you hear languages you see different faces it's incredible <clears throat> and again so we have this outdoor area again with full stalls that was hall number two pavilion as they call them pavilion uh, actually sorry that was three pavilion number four as soon as you enter you will see austria on the very left first thing that you see and then again there's a stage on the right hand side where they're talking about startup showcases and how AI has helped these different startups and companies and their journey and then you have IT domains you have uh, different software labs represented oh there's a group of people playing chess and you have round tables so you can basically have personalized closer um, groups and they're all wearing headphones the speaker is also wearing a mic so because every single person is getting every single word of what that person is saying. You have blockchain represented here as well, which I saw many other people around the grounds. And there's a sitting area, there's a food summit as well. And there is Pakistan to my right now. One and you have uh, the Q&A section again there's a startup guide there is Azerbaijan also represented and I think the last pavilion is probably the biggest stage which is stage 15 and that brings us to the end of the grounds there's a Q&A section here as well where you had the I don't know, footballer uh, Roberto Carlos Gilberto Silva not sure how many of you still know them but they won the World Cup in 2002 and they had a Q&A here as well as well as you know different talks the one I did attend was about diversity in journalism it was a very interesting thing that one uh, journalist from I believe she was from Rio she mentioned that the newsroom will tell you if the news that have been covered if they're represented 
in the way that they should be. Because if you have one side of people, one group of people in that newsroom, occupying that newsroom or the editorial, then that will give you a very limited impression, limited view of what society is all about or the problems that society is facing. But it, the more diversity you have, the more people you have from different backgrounds who have different interests, that will determine how the news or how society actually feels like, what the problems in society are. Um, and yeah, Japan, I just saw Japan, Tokyo, Japan is also represented here. And there's a boxing sack where people can let out some of their frustration, I believe. And that's the end. That was pavilion number five. But again, the grounds are much bigger than that. There's other parts where we probably don't have access to. There is a VR stage, which I think I am going to test out now. All right. All of this reminded me somewhat of the London Book Fair in some ways, with the different countries and organizations being represented, the different stalls and booths set up, trying to attract talent and showcasing what their country or organization has to offer, and why you should think about settling down in, I don't know, investing in Brazil, Portugal, Germany, or Japan, etc. Now, let me tell you about that immense talent that was roaming the grounds there. trying to present our project, yes, uh, tell, as well. Tell me about your project. Uh, we, we are trying to, um, to create a, 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 an app that uh, connects people that want to, to uh, do, do no pogging, mm -hmm. uh, get activity that you go and you pick up uh, trash yes, uh, yes, yes. from the places. We are trying to, to create uh, some kind of uh, application that people can uh, register that, uh, that pickups or if they can't do it because it's too much, they can uh, mark a place mm -hmm. that other people can, can came, come again and take those. So basically what we intend to do is we, we want to, to bring people together with the same objective uh, and to create some kind of uh, uh, highlight to that thing that we, we need to clean the, the planet in basic things. And uh, as well, we want to connect with schools we want to create some kind of program that kids go to the forest and they, they, they took the trash. Uh, we want to, to create some kind of um, some kind of place that companies can create some activities with this as well. So imagine that we, we can create groups in the company that for a weekend they, they can go to a beach and to clean up the beach for instance. And in the end they will have, I don't know, uh, a quantity of trash that they can measure and they, they say okay with this uh, instead of uh, creating trash we were collecting trash mm. as we can uh, uh, so how did you come up with that what's your journey yeah during the, the pandemic we were closed in our houses and we because there was restrictions uh, you, you, you just could uh, go around your house or whatever mm. and we started doing that thing with, with, uh, with friends and we, we thought okay what about to create some kind of app that we can register this mm. and to show to the other people to, to do exactly the same thing cool uh, and yes we are it's a side project it's not a, we are we have jobs we have families and stuff. oh okay we, we, we just wondering why not uh, uh, 
we are, I'm a UX, UX designer, we have a developer, and uh, we have an industrial designer as well on the team, so we are trying to, to get something working. We have already something working, but it's not perfect as we mm. want. So right now we need to, to, not to do money, but we need to grow up a little bit just to create like a hype, to bring people to the hub. Uh, and then to, when we have like a certain amount of users to get the attention to the proper investors or mm. whatever. Uh, yes, that, that's it. Our journey till till now. <laughs> <laughs> so where where are you based? In Braga, uh, in the north of Portugal. In the north of Portugal. Yeah. Cool. We are uh, near to Porto. 50 kilometers from Porto. Appreciate it and all. And, and that's exactly what we felt here as well. And the I, trains and everywhere. I think it's a part of our culture to, to receive people. To we, we, I think we are friendly enough to, to receive and to receive the, the culture from, like to see the difference and to take the good part of the difference yeah. from, from that. And uh, it's something that even in families, you, you are always wondering which which will be the next visitor yeah, yeah. to your house and uh, for, for me for instance I love to cook and to to cook to, to the other people not for me but yeah. for the others Good. You know, and it's like we are welcoming enough to, to no I've to seen eat. that yeah. there's a saying in German that love goes through the stomach yeah. so when yeah. you eat and yeah. when you yeah. cook yeah. when you yeah. sit together and eat together that's that's where you bond and that's where you create, create the, that the food is a part of our culture of course I'm at Pedro outside center stage, and the reason I approached him was not to speak to him about his talent or project, but just to see if he was alright, as he clearly looked distressed. He told me that he was feeling dizzy due to the long train journey he had. I asked him if I could help him in any way, I had some water, I had some paracetamol, but he had already called some friends and family to get him, but he still managed to give me some of his time, and well, you heard what he had to say. How do you come up with something like this? Mm -hmm. How do you come up with something like this? It was a research interest. I mean, we, we start working together, uh -huh. building a... We participate in a challenge which we had to build an AI voice from audiobooks. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we build it and we realized that actually we would build... Uh, a good tech with it mm. and from there we realized that there was a niche in the market there was no emotions in the AI voice that so were in the market robotic voice yeah. robotic voice yeah. and we really believe that emotion is important yeah. and that from there we start to build our own data sets with voice actors with many emotions <laughs> recording in studio to get the best quality possible yeah start building uh, our AI voices still in the lab and then we at some point we decide we need to leave uni in the safe zone and dedicate full time to building a, a product and then take one that year. journey took you 15 years no no the journey That's... to build the product took one year no from the from the idea from the inception to now uh, yeah the research the time that I've worked research in this area yeah, yeah uh, 15 20 years but the idea to really was maybe four years ago to really make from the from 
research uh, uh, product. Meet João Cabral, CEO of Voicetune AI. Originally from Portugal, João now lives in Ireland and together with his chief technology officer, Christian Sam, he had come to the Web Summit to introduce his company and concept to the attendees. We spoke for almost an hour about their work and I have to say I enjoyed every single minute of it, of how one day in the not-so-distant future it would even be possible to replace radio DJs with AI that will be able to do exactly what I do when I'm behind the mic doing the Drive Time Show here in The Voice of Slum. Now, when we think of AI voices, we think of the robotic, monotonous voice that most of us hear on social media reels. But what these two had done was a step further by adding emotions and feelings into that AI voice. After around 30 minutes, Christian all of a sudden pulled out some antibacterial wipes and started to clean his headphones. Hmm, strange, I thought, to be honest. But once he had finished, he handed me his headphones and offered me a sample to listen to, which he had created within two days. I put on the headphones and the world went quiet. He connected them to his phone and hit the play button. Immediately, the voice reminded me of a good friend of mine and not a robot. Of course, there were a few words here and there where I could tell it's not a real person. But as I said, he did that within two days. Anyways, I was super impressed and certainly learned something completely new. I know this is not a new phenomenon. This is not something that these two have come up with. But to hear it, to see it, to experience it firsthand for the first time, that in itself was an experience. It's good. Yeah? It's a nice event. Have you have you done this in the past as well? No, this is my first year. First year. So what was your highlight? Uh, being able to see uh, the news about technology. Uh, I wasn't that... Uh, I wasn't that uh, updated about this kind of subject. And also seeing some people that I had interest about hearing. Um, yeah, pretty much that. Um, anything, like, are you interested in this? Is that something that you want to go into? Uh, to be honest, I'm more interested about business and entrepreneurship. But it's interesting to see how technology matches with these other subjects. And understand that pretty much any subject these days, uh, it's kind of combined with technology. Uh, to be honest, I'm not a person that's so into technology and sometimes it's hard for me to see positive sides of like how technology is changing the society these days. But it was interesting to see how people are here trying to use technology to make the society uh, more positive and to not actually like do only stuff or create only ideas that make people be more uh, into the technology world than like the actual living world. So yeah, pretty much that. How big is your, like there's a lot of volunteers. Do you uh, have any idea like? I think it's over 2000 really? or something like that, but I'm not sure to be honest, I haven't heard and Everybody anything. has. How much yes. do you, like how, how, when did you start to prepare for this? Like do you get briefings? What? Is, what? Yes, uh, you have like, uh, you, first you inscribe yourself to the event and then you can choose some shifts uh, during some hours um, also it depends on which area are you 
and how many people do they need. But yes, do you have shifts for some meals? And uh, and yeah, but you don't usually do more than two days as volunteer. Oh, okay. So you're from Portugal? Uh, no, I'm Brazilian, but I study in Portugal. I love Portugal and I love Lisbon. In my opinion, I think Lisbon might be one of the best or the best capital in Europe because I have been into some and actually right now I'm doing an Erasmus in uh, Italy and being there actually even made me uh, compare even more Lisbon and Portugal to the rest of Europe and like even so like some people have uh, bad ideas sometimes of Portugal because they think it's a poor country inside of Europe or it isn't that much of uh, developed as others if you really compare you will see that Portugal is actually a very good country to live inside of Europe because it's very safe uh, even though if you go to smaller cities of course they're not as developed as Porto or, or Lisbon but if you really compare Lisbon or Porto to other cities in Europe you're gonna see that they are just good as or even better than others so I really 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 like Portugal and Unfortunately, I didn't get her name, but she was one of the many, many volunteers who signed up for the summit. We saw them everywhere, scanning badges at the entrance, taking the speakers to their allocated spots, driving golf carts and whatever job they were assigned. I caught her on her day off while she was enjoying the atmosphere and hoping to catch Callie Rutherford, an actress and one of the speakers at this year's web summit. As soon as I had finished interviewing her, my phone rang. It's time. Grab your bags and head to the exit. Flight leaves in three hours. One last time I sat on the benches right outside the media village with the Lisbon sunshine in my face, soaked it all in, reflected on the past few days and thought about how I would package all the information and experiences I had gathered here in the best possible way for you. At this point, I would like to express my sincere gratitude to Web Summit and all its staff who made our stay a wonderful and unique experience, as well as to you who gave this humble first attempt of mine at, um, what do you even call this, a podcast, a audio travel book? I'll just call it podcast. So thank you for your precious time. I hope and pray it was worth it. We headed to the airport, which was just one metro stop away, did our check-in, enjoyed one more pastel de nata, said our final goodbye to the beautiful city of Lisbon, and mentally prepared ourselves to go back to cold, grey, rainy days. Nothing like home, isn't it? <laughs>